Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Joel Brown. This interview was recorded in August at Joel's house in Portland, Oregon, when I was in town to see my family. We talked about how old-time is the most punk rock genre and our mutual love for crooked tunes. But mostly, we connected about the unrivaled sense of community in old-time music, a topic I've yet to get tired of on this show. Oh, and uh, we play some great no-D tunes. Stick around afterward to find out how to support Get Up in the Cool and get exclusive members-only rewards like this week's bonus track. Joel and I play Cook's Brothers Breakdown. All right, let's get started. Here's my interview and jam with Joel Brown. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Um, Joel Brown, welcome to yeah. Get Up in the Cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, we are in a workspace, um, little room, the piano, a lot of paints uh, in North Portland. This this is North Portland, mm-hmm. right? Great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, how long have you lived in Portland? Um, eight years. Eight years? Mm-hmm. And you grew up in Santa, in Cruz. Santa Cruz. Very mm-hmm. good. Uh, when did you start playing old-time music? Um, when did you start playing I, music in general? Okay, so I started I started yeah. playing piano when I was about five. Great. Um, I I chose... My first instrument was... My, my first instrument that I chose was drums, and that was when I was like 10. Mm-hmm. And then I played jazz drums, and then I started getting into punk rock. And then from there, I got into folk punk. Okay. And I would say that was probably my transition into old-time music. Yeah. Just being around acoustic instruments yeah. and like touring and like sort of casually ending up at uh fiddle festivals yeah having no idea like right what was going on <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah that seems to be like an entry point to like at a lot of his fiddle festivals that i see there's sort of this like crusty contingent uh-huh. <laughs> yep, that's us uh yeah right on right someone on. described us recently as the sepia crew the sepia yeah, crew the lack of color in our wardrobe <laughs> yeah a lot of gray and, and brown uh-huh. Uh, that that uh, genre had its sort of heyday a little a little while ago. Like it was really popular mm-hmm. for a while. Is that is there still like a scene for that? I honestly don't know. I want to say that it's dying, but perhaps I just am not paying attention. Right. Um, I used to play um, occasionally in a in a folk punk band that toured quite a bit and. So I would get a, a pretty good taste of the scene and where it was at, and yeah. that band hasn't been as active. So I kind of feel like I'm out of the loop. So getting into playing old-time music, uh-huh. would you say, like, sh- showing up at fiddle festivals or uh, uh, fiddler's conventions and stuff, was that your entrance into the music, or did you hear about it so. through other ways? Um, I bought a banjo probably seven or eight years ago, yeah. and kind of tried to get into it but i don't know that i really knew the difference between like old time music or bluegrass or just playing banjo you know i just kind of thought it was all the same thing right Um, and then would you when you bought it were you planning on using it for traditional music not necessarily i think i just bought it because my friends had banjos and they would play like old crow medicine show songs sure sure and they'd play like darling Corey, and i was like that sounds cool and i didn't know if i wanted to play claw hammer or you know finger picking or whatever um and then four years ago, I was on t- I was on a folk punk tour, the band called um, Death Rattle, and I played washboard in that band. Yeah. And one of the members of that band insisted that we go to Clifftop. Yeah. And so I went to Clifftop, and I had my washboard, and I was like, I don't know if this is the right instrument to right. have here. I think there was like one yeah. mega jam that was happening every day that yeah. I like went to, and there was like other washboard players, but. I was like, I absolutely need to learn how to play this kind of music because it is, like, I would never be depressed again if I can learn how to do this, you know? It yeah. just was, like, the happiest <laughs> music I've ever heard. Right and on. People just looked stoked. Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel like even though the, um, the content of the music mm-hmm. isn't necessarily as uh, punk, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I feel like in a lot of ways it's, I mean... 
maybe I'm just projecting this onto like a performance genres, if you will. But mm-hmm. like, I feel like it's uh, more punk, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. than most genres, mm-hmm. like in just inherently, right? In that, like, you're not playing for money, right? And you're not even playing for other people. I know, like, yeah. for an <laughs> audience to consume. Right. Your product, like it's the, it's sort of the least establishment music that uh-huh. I know. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's non classically trained at all. It's not, yeah. um, structured. I mean, it has its own structures that are sort of, you know, enforced yes. by the culture, but, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's also kind of like hidden in a way I feel. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's got a subculture like element to it yeah do you uh, still hang out with that band or like any of those folks um yeah um so the band that i mentioned death rattle um i think the other member that i was close with in that band that uh, still plays music is in new orleans doing ragtime stuff oh cool um and i go out there every now and then i live in new orleans briefly um yeah not not a huge old time scene out there i tried to playing some ragtime stuff and I was like a little bit confused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you say four years ago was your first clip mm-hmm. top? Yeah. That, I think that was my first clip top. Really? Too. Yeah. We may have been there at the same <laughs> nice. time. Okay, cool. So you didn't grow up, um, around this music at all then. Mm-mm. No, but, uh, and you were already living in Portland after you got into it. Mm-hmm. So have you gone back, uh, to California to like check it out there and yeah yeah what's going uh, on I mean the, the buddies that kind of influenced me to play old time music um, for the most part are still in California yeah or maybe just sort of leaving um, <clears throat> and I've have been in close contact with with friends from Santa Cruz the whole time I've lived here I go back pretty often yeah been in music projects with folks there um, and there's definitely a like quote unquote crusty old time scene. Uh-huh. <laughs> a lot of young folks. Cool, cool. Yeah, um, a lot of folks there live in like little shacks in the woods and like just play music all day. Great, and it's awesome. <laughs> and there's like a shop space that folks kind of con- congregate at, and um, yeah, it's it's a very friendly and open scene there. Really glad to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, I was. I didn't get to go this year, but hopefully next year I want to go to like the Berkeley Old Time Music uh-huh. Festival. Have you been to that one? I have not. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to put my feelers out and figure mm-hmm. out what's going on there. Yeah, it seems like it's maybe more of a performance workshop mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty out of touch with the Bay Area, despite the fact that I grew up an hour away. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know much. Mm. One day I'll make my way down there. Uh-huh. It's really cool, like just knowing that I can find this music anywhere. Um, when I took right after I got into playing it, I took a road trip um, with my brother-in-law Mark um, across uh, the United States, and I at that time I didn't necessarily have much of a network, but mm-hmm. I just like looked up in every city that I was in, like, is there an old time jam happening? And sometimes there was, but usually wasn't on the night mm-hmm. that like. But now it's nice to know that, like, if I did that again, I could just, like, make a Facebook blast and, like, you know, have Mm -hmm. people. People are so enthusiastic in this community to uh, connect people with other people. Almost like they're, like, proud, like, Uh (laughs) to do it. You know, it's like the the name-dropping culture in old-time music is, like, kind of inherently... um, uh, 
kind of inherently humble. Like yeah. it's like sort of an upside down name dropping culture totally. of just yeah, like I mean, it's exciting. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, I had like stayed up till four a.m. with that person at yeah. TikTok playing tunes and yeah. watching the sunrise. Like you gotta meet this person. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Like people are collecting tunes and sort of collecting each other. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Uh-huh. I just got goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just feel really special about it. Like, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, what, you, what are we going to play next? Um, do you want to do uh, Roses or uh, Rats Gone to Rest? Or? Yeah, let's, let's do Rats Gone to Rest. Let's yeah. like play that one next. Cool. gone to rest Mm -hmm. uh another very chipper tune Mm -hmm. with kind of a kind of a dark title right (laughs) yeah it's actually uh the name of my old time group here yeah uh how long you been playing with rats gone to rest um i've been playing with rats gone to rest pretty much as soon as i started picking up the fiddle great maybe even a little before that it was like as soon as i could kind of play a tune i was like i'm in a band 
let's play gigs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> and then I look back on that and I'm like, oh my god, how did anyone hire me? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but you know, people are stoked to have music, so. Yeah. I mean, people are excited to hear fiddle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's like pretty novel. Yeah. So you started all time on the banjo mm-hmm. and made the transition to mm-hmm. fiddle. Um, what was that like? Is that your first like bowed instrument? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that your first like fretless instrument? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it was like instantly, instantly like pretty addicting. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was hard. My body hurt. My yeah. hands didn't feel comfortable. I had a horrible fiddle that had high action. I mean, I got the reason I started playing fiddles because I found a fiddle for free. Great. At like an eviction house party. I was like, <laughs> I am taking this. <laughs> and within a couple, like within one month, I think I had bought like an actually pretty nice fiddle. So yeah, I knew that I wanted to stick with it. Yeah. Um, so that one uh, was George Hawkins. Is mm-hmm. Hawkins or Hawkin? I think it's Hawkin. Okay. Actually, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, George. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then first one was Clyde Davenport. We're playing a couple mm-hmm. more Clyde Davenport tunes. Um, who were like the, the fiddlers that you like, like to go to, like, mm-hmm. where do you learn your tunes? Where do you source your tunes? Mm-hmm. Do you learn them from the sources? Do you learn them from other people? Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like I'm kind of picky with tunes. I don't know. I mean, usually when I hear a tune, I'm like, Oh, that's the one I got to go learn that like immediately. Like it just clicks and I just, I can't do anything until I learn it, you know? Mm -hmm. And those tunes tend to be, um, a little bit more noty. Um, like for this session, I like intentionally tried to pick a couple tunes that weren't super noty. (laughs) Like I need to not (laughs) do that to you. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah, Clyde Davenport is a source filler that I find myself often, learning from um emmett lundy uh god there's so many other fiddlers that i'm just drawing a blank on because that always happens but was emmett lundy a virginia fiddler oh god maybe i'm asking that (laughs) i I, I, i'm ignorant i want to say i want to say yes okay virginia west virginia what, do you remember the first tune that you that you learned by Clyde Davenport, or that you heard of his? Um, I think it was Merriweather. Merriweather? Yeah. I, I don't know if I know that one. Mine was like five five miles to town. That's the first one I heard. Okay. And that was like kind of one of my first like crooked, like really crooked tunes. Like uh-huh. The form was just totally different. Uh-huh. And I was like, who who's responsible for this? Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of B minor chords in his tunes. Do you notice that? So I've said this on the show before, but uh-huh. I heard that someone, I was at Rockbridge uh-huh. um, and we were playing Five Miles from Town and played the, you know, B minor. They had and, issues with it. <laughs> uh, the person after the, we played the tune um, said, I have hung out with Clyde. And he is very against people using B minors. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he like oh my life's been a lie. Yeah, he's like no, just G's. Um, <laughs> but That's yeah, so I funny. I always hear it as B minors too. But whatever, he can. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if I'm playing with him, I'll probably play a G. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty still alive. 
uh, yeah. kicking around. I would love to meet him. I don't know if he takes callers like. Who <laughs> <laughs> knows? Yeah, I don't see him at the festivals. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, but I usually learn tunes from people at festivals, and then I just try to look up. Cool. I have a pretty extensive iTunes library from borrowing hard drives and whatnot. Yeah. If I can't find it on my library, I go to Slippery Hill. Yeah. Yeah, last resort Thanks, Larry. YouTube, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, shout out to Larry Warren. Mm-hmm. Give him money Definitely. for what he does. Um, let's um, let's play this Roses in the Morning. Okay. Yeah. Cool. From Clyde. Thank you. 
was a really sweet tune. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love that one. Yeah. Good work, Clyde. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, Did it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, so we have one more mm-hmm. G-Tune to play. I just saw a video of him playing playing this on YouTube. Have you heard many like interviews of him talking at all? Mm-hmm. I th- I think I had pretty uh, he's, he's pretty short he's, with his words, right? He's kind of like <laughs> he's kind of crotchety, uh-huh. but in a pretty charming way. Uh-huh, definitely. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, he's. I've heard in multiple different interviews him saying like, "I didn't learn nothing from nobody." Yeah, <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> which is gotta be not true, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> It's a weird attitude. I know. It seems like the attitude that a lot of old tiny fiddlers have. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. like a little bit of pride around just kind of finding the fiddle in yeah. you know, their dad's bedroom or whatever and <coughs> and and playing it and Yeah. It's kind of the inverse from like the attitude that I hear like a lot of like our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just like older generations talk about like this music. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like sort of this reverence for like its origins and its sources. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't hear that as much from. <laughs> right. Like they're not sources. dropping as many names saying, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I met this person and I played teams with this person. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I just saw this video of Tommy Gerald going to some museum. It might be the Smithsonian. I'm not sure. Uh, but he's playing. I, the video said it was like a, million dollar fiddle like an original Stradivarius or whatever and he <laughs> plays like I think it might be John Hartford like with him mm-hmm. kind of looked like him anyway whoever he's with was like well what are you going to play Tommy and he's like oh I reckon I'll play Cotton Eye Joe uh-huh. <laughs> so, like, Cotton Eye Joe <laughs> on this million dollar fiddle yeah <laughs> and afterwards he he's just sort of like yeah I don't see what's too special about this nice. <laughs> like i like my fiddle and he plays it and it sounds basically the same and, right yeah. right oh my gosh yeah i love that yeah it's pretty charming <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um yeah sally johnson okay let's play this let's that was rats gone to rest let's do sally johnson <laughs> rats gone to rest you know. Thank you. 
That tune's a lot. That's a fun tune. <laughs> Pretty squirrely. Yeah. It's a lot, as you yeah. say. <laughs> I think I finally... I think I got that transition maybe two times uh-huh. where I actually played the notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I busted that out at a couple jams recently, and every single time I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry yeah. to do this to you. I'm like, maybe this time it'll go over well. And then it's just like everyone's just like stressed out in yeah. the beginning, and then it, it comes together at the end, though. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever played um, Blackfoot? No. Uh, that is one of the like, to me, one of the most sort of like arbitrarily crooked tunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the hardest part about it is that it has like, it kind of like, the most crooked part kind of doesn't have a melody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. really just like, it's like a, it's like a three note, right? <laughs> three note thing, but it's impossible to There's decipher. To latch on to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, it's probably a lot more fun to play than it is to listen to. I don't know, <laughs> but it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, I wouldn't do a square dance to it. Uh-uh. Yeah. I, for some, some reason, I gravitate towards crooked tunes. I don't know what it is, if it's just the, the fiddlers that I like that play more crooked tunes or what, yeah. but um, I don't know. Yeah, they seem to have uh, survived a lot more in certain, certain traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely the they're definitely the tunes that are kind of set apart from bluegrass. Totally, you know, like this is like they're not like chestnuts, like yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's like you couldn't you couldn't play you couldn't strip them down to chords and take a solo over them. Uh-uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's what makes them really special. Um, yeah, I I went down to. Crumpler, North Carolina, mm-hmm. to play with Kilby Spencer and mm-hmm. his family. Um, he's like really involved in the um, Field Recorders Collective. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know his specific role there, but um, he works for them. And uh, yeah, he was sort of talking about how um, there's a really tense um, contest fiddling mm-hmm. tradition there. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard the same thing in like Texas um, from. Um, uh, Spencer Reigns, I don't know if you know them, but they like mm-hmm. talk about like the way that contest fiddling has sort of like uh, changed the transmission of like all time music and mm-hmm. which tunes like um, die out and which tunes keep going. Uh-huh. Uh, Interesting. And uh, specifically in Texas, they were saying that like uh, in a contest, you had to play a square tune. And you had to play one in standard tuning, I think, was a thing. Wow. Um, which all my favorite tunes are like not in standard tuning and mm-hmm. are, are crooked. Yeah. yeah. So it's like contest fiddling is not a way that I engage with with old time music yeah. at all. Like it's a whole different <laughs> yeah. world. I think nowadays you could probably play whatever you want. Although I don't know, like whenever I go to Mount Airy, um, have you been to Mount Airy? I haven't, no. They from my impression, and this is not me throwing shade at all. Mm-hmm. My my impression is that like the same people win every year, mm-hmm. and I think it's all like locals. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's because they have preferential treatment. I think it's just because like they get that region's sound, and they know like what they have like a really specific taste. Yeah, um, which is something that sometimes I I feel like I would like to develop myself but uh-huh. as sort of an outsider i don't necessarily like 
mm-hmm. you know, ha- yeah. have access to like a, a tradition like that where I could totally. really develop my own sound. But yeah, the issue of being the, the tension of being an outsider to old time music is interesting. Yeah. Right. Like here we are on the West coast mm-hmm. playing old time music and like, I don't know how, how we learned it or how like it seems like there's, a, there's often discussions around how authentic it is or how, if sure. we're, if we're being authentic <clears throat> and like, what even is that considering the music didn't, ha- doesn't have an exact origin or whatever, you know, it's yeah. constantly evolving and, yeah. um, borrowed from so many other traditions. So it's, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of conversation lately about like, uh, you know, is this appropriative, right? You know, to like be playing this music as uh-huh. people not from the region. And I, yeah, I obviously I'm not the the one to have like a definitive like stance on that, right? And I think it, it's I think it has more to do with your posture, you know, when you're playing it. Because like mm. Tommy Jarrell, like you know, like it's sort of like responsible for this music kind of exploding, right? Like, in right. his own way, and it's because. Uh, I just had someone on uh, the show the other day, uh, Nancy Nighthammer, who said that like when she met Tommy Jarrell, I think it was in California, and he was passing out little pieces of paper with his address and like phone number or something. Wow. And he's like, "Come visit me, come visit me." Uh-huh. And like he's just giving this music away, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, which is like, uh, hopefully the rest of the like community of sources were okay with that attitude. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if like that's the attitude that they had, you know, like, yeah, yeah, take this music and play it with me and like, right. Come, uh, come share it with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. Is it appropriative? Like, yes. Like everything is, is right. appropriative. Sure. And it's like, that doesn't diminish the value of that conversation. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like, I think it's really important for people to know that the folks who sort of maybe, like are responsible for this version of old time music yeah. don't necessarily play it anymore. Like speaking mainly yeah. about black folks in yeah. the US and and the reasons why, you know, not having access to resources and then just where do you go from there? Maybe just just trying to incorporate some social responsibility into your daily life, but maybe not feeling super guilty about, you know, <laughs> yeah. What you love to do and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I hope the music nets positive, mm-hmm. like for any triggering that it does. I hope, I feel like it's, I feel like it's probably if done with the right attitude or even if done carelessly, it's just so good. Uh-huh. <laughs> you uh-huh. know, like it's probably going to bring more joy than it is pain, but, right. um, right. uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, ultimately I, I don't want to be an authority on that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Let's let, yeah. Let's hear, let's hear all the opinions, all the perspectives. Yeah. One of my uh, favorite memories ever, <laughs> the favorite things I've ever seen is a video of, um, do you know uh, Scotty Leach? I don't know Scotty Leach. I know the Leach family. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Eva kind of. and yeah. Ray. And, yeah. Um, Scotty and Jake Blunt. Do you uh-huh. know him? Uh, no of. Okay. Yeah. They, uh, they were at the Women's March. Uh-huh. And um, there was this, like, I think it was a Westboro Baptist guy, uh-huh. like, holding, like, a sign up and, you know, yelling hateful things. Uh-huh. And uh, there's this video online, uh, hopefully it's still up somewhere, of them chasing him down the road, uh-huh. playing, like, flanking him with fiddles <gasps> and drowning out 
um, <laughs> and drowning out his hate with this like, this music, oh, and uh, <laughs> it was just like so uh, like powerful to me yeah. to see these um, two uh, gay men using this like music, and and one of them is black, and like using this music to like be a a, a weapon, <laughs> yeah, you know, to drown uh-huh. out, and it's like so much more um, interesting. Than whatever he was saying. Oh yeah, and so much totally. more life affirming and giving, mm-hmm. and like that's that's where I want like what I want this music to be. Right, you know, like yeah, um, to mm, that's the beauty of like folk music. Yeah, just that it's the music of the people. Yeah. you know, it's not the music of you know, it's not like we're going and playing old time music at like the corporate dinner ceremonies. Yeah. You know, it's like that being like, said. <laughs> like, <laughs> If anyone wants to hire me to right. like, me I might, I might be down. <laughs> yeah, you better pay me though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll use but the yeah. money for the revolution. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Let's get to D real quick. Okay. I want to. I feel like this tune's like a little, a little deceptively difficult. Like. Yeah. It has all the same path. Well, no, it's the opposite. It's mm-hmm. the chords are like really clear, mm-hmm. like where it starts, where each phrase starts and goes. Mm-hmm. But it, the pathway is different, like every time. Yeah, like, there's not a lot of internal repetition. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's also yeah. It's got some like dissonant sounds that maybe like those notes aren't like as intuitive on the banjo or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll do my best.
Nice. Poor little Johnny's gone to war. Mm-hmm. One day I'll decipher the lyrics. Yeah. I've tried so many times. I cannot. His voice is really sweet in that, in that recording. Yeah. It's a melancholy song. Yeah. It makes me yeah, really want to sing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's super high. Uh-huh. <laughs> Johnny's gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it'd be a bit out of my register. Yeah. Some like Roscoe Holcomb. Right. Levels. Get the nasal going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got one tune left. Mm-hmm. Um, what, is, what, is, what is this one? Hell on the Nine Mile. Mm-hmm. And you learned this from Brad and, and Dan? Uh, well, I a friend showed me this tune at at Fiddle Tunes Festival, American Fiddle Tunes, yeah. uh, a couple months ago, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is so good!" And so I, I went and I heard the, the Dan Geller Bread Leftwich version. Yeah. And Dan Dan Gellert's like one of my all time favorite musicians, so I was like, "This is going to be great." Yeah. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Um. And uh, so you have your band Rats Gone to Rest. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you guys? Available for hire in Portland. Available for hire in Portland. <laughs> do you guys play dances and stuff? Or? Yeah, totally. Do you guys um, get out of Portland at all? If the um, price is right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'd love to get out of Portland. Um, we've been talking about doing like a little peninsula tour. There's yeah. some really cute old time scenes up in up in the peninsula that we'd love to, you know, uh, play one of their square dances. Cool. Um, but mostly, yeah, we play around Portland for the most part. Right on, mm-hmm. right on. Is it like this? Is like for me asking for my own benefit. I don't mm-hmm. mean to like sideline your your plug, but like uh, getting gigs in Portland, mm-hmm. like in general, like what is that like the professional music scene like? Uh-huh. Like, what do people want in the city? Um, people want bluegrass. <laughs> people want bluegrass. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. I mean, so I don't know. I mean. Do you ever just say that you're a bluegrass band? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a Gig Salad account. I don't know if you're familiar with Gig Salad. Uh-huh. It's like a booking yeah. network online. And there's not an old-time like genre to right. check. Right. And so I say that I'm bluegrass, and then when I see the description of the event, I'm like, can I like finagle this? And then I like message the person, and I'm like, yeah. we play Appalachian fiddle tunes. Um, most of our set's instrumental. We have some singing songs. Yeah. How does that sound, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and sometimes it works out. But if I see anything that's like stage and microphones i'm like hell no yeah i'm not gonna play tunes on a stage <laughs> you know? like i would love to play background music for your event but yeah cool cool yeah or dance but yeah mm-hmm. and you're looking for banjo students yeah yeah I, open? yeah i've been teaching banjo more in portland um cool i really enjoy it i can teach tunes to build repertoire i can also bring my fiddle and we can work on um, you know what it feels like to pick up a fiddle tune and, and yeah. interpret it and just kind of jam techniques. Yeah. I love with my students when we get to the point where I can put down my banjo and pick up a fiddle. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, now you have to like interpret what I'm doing and right. Yeah. And apply it's a this different and, skill. Uh-huh. Yeah. It totally That's is. when it gets really fun. Yeah. And I think it's also really important like for teaching old time music. I'm like, I will teach you some tunes to kind of like apply these techniques. Yeah. But that's not going to be like the focus because right. I don't like when I sit down with my banjo, I want to play with other people. Yeah, totally. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
thanks so much for being yeah. on the show. Absolutely. And uh, I'm really excited to hang out in the Northwest some more and uh, hit you up next time I come through. I'm excited <laughs> about that too. The it's gathering. I'll be there. Jamming. And uh, all the other ones. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll see. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We, we go hard out in the West Coast. I'm excited Good. for you to, <laughs> to experience it. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Okay. Hell in the Nine Mile.
becoming a fan of the show, you might consider supporting Get Up In The Cool on Patreon. It's an online subscription service that lets you help your favorite internet creators. Kind of like an ongoing Kickstarter. I might do some ads on the show someday, but so far, I've been 100% funded by donations from listeners. Get Up In The Cool takes a lot of time to make, and it does cost some money, so really, my Patreon supporters are largely responsible for the quality and consistency of the show. I want to make a big, grateful shout-out to my newest Patreon supporters, Megan Day and Lisa Alcott. Thank you both so much. I'm super sick right now, as I record this. And if I wasn't overwhelmed with support from you all, it would be easy to push this episode's release back a couple days. But thanks to you two and the rest of y'all who've stuck around for so long, Get Up In The Cool now has 70 patrons. That kind of support is really helpful on nights when it's super inconvenient to edit and post episodes. If you want to be the 71st supporter, go to CameronDewitt.com and click the Patreon button. There you can choose the support level and reward that works best for you. Thanks. Make sure to check out this week's episode of my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set. Nathan and I just finished reviewing Garth Brooks' albums in order, so we decided to release an episode where we choose the next artist, and boy oh boy, is our show about to change. Uh, With the start of Season 2 on the horizon, right now is a great chance to hop on board, so give it a shot. I'm going to post one more episode this year. Then I'm going to take a couple week break because I'm going home to Oregon to hang out with my family and attend the gathering. Speaking of which, if you're going to be in Oregon anytime between Christmas and the gathering and you're interested in being on the show, let me know. I'd love to record a bunch while I'm out there. All right, that's all for now. Thanks for listening, friends. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.